and thank you for tuning into the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, and I happen to have my number one fan and supporter here with me today, my wife, Dolores. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we have been doing this now for four years. Yay, four years. Can you believe it? Uh, yes, I know you've been very consistent for four years with it. I know that uh, I have driven you crazy at times with this. Um. I think we were sitting on the couch one night and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And you were like, really? <laughs> well, I mean, you started off what with a little, you started off with your phone, didn't you? Yeah, just my phone. And, yeah. uh, and then it turned into me taking over the kitchen table on a regular basis. No, no, no. You started in the office first. You took That's the right. desk. That's right. We yeah. had the... You bought the little um, soundboard and... Yeah. And uh, took over the office desk once in a while and then uh, started having guests and we're like, we don't want them in our bedroom. Let's uh, take all this stuff out yeah. here and set it up in the in the kitchen. And so I was doing that. And then I would go off with friends and I would take all the stuff with me and set it up at various places. Um, yep. And, done that several times. And I've, uh, along the way, I've tried to learn a few things. I've tried to watch what other people are doing. And I've tried to see some of the shortcuts that they've done. And, and of course, you know, when you're getting started doing something like this, I kind of want to talk about the fact that, you know, anybody out there that's listening to this and you're thinking about starting your own podcast, um, you can start as simply as doing just with a phone. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a podcast. If you don't want to do that, you could do a vlog on YouTube or you could do something on Facebook live. You could do whatever. Um, but if you feel compelled to start it, I mean, you can start it with just your phone and yeah. you can, you can go as deep into it as you want, but every step of the way, just know that, um, you really want your audio to sound good because people are listening to it. You're inside their head. Your, your voice is bouncing around between their eardrums or in their speakers. Right. And that was one of the things that you commented to me. You were like, Hey, I like the, what you just, what you were talking about, but it was really hard to understand you because it was this clicking noise or there was this humming noise or there was something in the background. And, you know, for anybody out there that's starting your own, uh, just keep in mind that you need somebody that's going to critique you and honestly give you feedback and you got to be willing to listen. Uh, that's the hardest part is, is understanding that they're trying to help you move forward. And, you know, we've continued to move forward despite scheduling and issues with equipment and issues with family and, and whatever else. And, uh, and we've had a lot of that over the past four years. I mean, like most people, we lived through a pandemic. We had, uh, a major eye surgery situation. We've had job changes, job changes. We've had children changes. We've had, uh, things with our families. Um, you know, this past year was, was a really tough year for us. Um, you know, largely in part to the passing of your father. Yes. And that was not easy. And it was not easy. No, um, not easy at all. Do you want to talk anything about yeah, a little bit? That? Um, I'm, I guess, I don't know if it makes it easier or harder knowing that um, the the end is coming quickly. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's easier if something happens unexpectedly, just one minute like a car here, accident. Or... Yeah, one minute they're here, the next minute they're gone. Or if you go through a situation like I went through where he was diagnosed with cancer last or I think early last year, around February or so of last year, he was diagnosed with lung cancer, which had come back after like 15 years. Uh, he had been diagnosed previously back 15 or so years ago, and they had taken out part of a lung. 
and no chemo or radiation that I remember back then. And of course had no idea how that would, how it would affect him. And it didn't at all. I mean, he just kept right on going. Yeah. And I mean, and it was a, from what I can gather, I mean, I was around him a lot those last 15 or 16 years. He, he functioned normally, got a lot of things done that he had, you know, that he wanted to do. He, um, reconnected with the four of us. We had a very, um, different type relationship growing up. Um, he left out of my life whenever I was very young and, um, after the lung cancer back about 15, 16 years ago, um, we made the decision to, or I made the decision and along with my siblings to have a relationship with him. And it was a good relationship. I mean, it was rocky at times with the fact that, you know, whenever you're busy with your own life and your parents call and, you know, you, oh my gosh, you know, I'm busy, but I've got to, I've got to take this phone call. So, I mean, but, but all in all, the last 15, 16 years with him was really good for the four of us. Um, we we had a good relationship with him, and um, when the cancer came back last year, uh, honestly, I mean, I knew that it was not going to be good because he, of course, was 15 years older. But also, too, I guess I had it. I looked at it with the same um, the same way I did years ago, and the fact that he had already beat it one time, maybe he could again. But I was also very skeptical or very. Um, I mean, he's older. He was older. So um, he went through some chemo and radiation. We let him make that decision last year. I told him I would, we would support him no matter what he done. And of course, he being from the older generation did not want to spend the money on it. But he chose to do that. And um, it. I think there was a lot he didn't tell us. He was still able to get around on his own. He drove himself back and forth to all of his chemo and radiation appointments in Charleston, he lives what Roundo? He lived well, about how far would you say he lived from about forty five minutes? About forty five minutes in, in Charleston traffic, mind yeah. you. And the, you know the seventy, you know he at that point was probably what 78? about seventy eight. Yeah, drove himself back and forth every day for six weeks, Monday through Friday, for his radiation, and then once a, you know then he went once a week for uh, chemo, and you know I mean I was hopeful that it would work. But I was also trying to be very um, optim. What's, what's the word? Realistic. Uh, realistic in the fact that I he, he's much older. Yeah. Um. But he made it through that. It was very rough at times. Although chemo didn't do him like it does a lot of people. Um. He's he was tough. He was tough. I mean, how in the world he drove himself back and forth to those appointments, feeling as bad as he did. But, um. Toward the end of the year, last year is whenever he the. The treatments were over and he pretty much decided, okay, I'm done with this. And then earlier this year, you and I got the phone call in, I think, early February that he was feeling really bad. And, of course, I talked to him a lot daily. If not daily, then at least every other day, every third day. I never let it go more than three days. Um, He and I talked pretty much every day. And I knew that he was not feeling well. And that call came on Saturday morning that, we needed to go get him and took him to the emergency room. And within what would you say within a couple of hours at the most, even with all the COVID sanctions where you can't stay with them in the emergency room, they had already let us know that it had spread to his brain. To his brain. Yeah. Which there was also a test in, in 
in January, I think it was, where he had had like a colonoscopy done and they told him they had found some st- some in his intestines. So I knew then that it was, that we were, I, I really thought we were in for a really long extended illness of him not being able to take care of himself. And, and of course, this was my first experience with any of this. So I had to learn um, how to call hospice and which hospice is the most amazing thing ever. Um, I remember you saying you listened to a podcast about the person that started hospice and um, it's, I don't know how those people are like angels. It's all there is to it. Can you imagine dealing with that every day? That's your job. I just, he had the, the most, I never met her personally, uh, but she and I talked all the time, his hospice nurse, and he was still only seeing a hospice nurse. She was going into his home twice a week. And she even told me how she was just completely blown away with how, um, how optimistic he was, how he had a very joking um, personality, cut up, carry on, and make people laugh. And he was still doing that right up until the very end. And um, my aunt, of course, had moved in with him, which was a huge help. Although he was still getting around on his own, I was glad to know that somebody was there with him. She was his last living sibling. And um, she graciously moved in with him back in February. And, you know, whenever he, he passed away, she called me and, and told me. But it was, um, I, I couldn't have asked for it to have been any better in the sense that he, the last week, he, tur- he wanted to make it to his 79th birthday. He did. We celebrated that on um, March 25th. With a pineapple upside down cake. Yes. Um, um, my brother got to go on his actual birthday and took him to eat, um, oh, no, fixed him fried shrimp and oysters, which is what he wanted. And I've got, we've got pictures of him doing that. And then on um, Saturday, all of us were there for his birthday. And I guess looking back now, I knew that something weren't right. I, I knew that he felt bad, which was normal. I mean, you know, but with, with what he was dealing with, but I don't know, I guess, I, I, I guess the Lord was preparing him for, he was getting ready to take him because he, he really tried hard. I think that day to just soak it all in. Yeah. I really think he did. Yeah. Well, he, he made a comment before we were, you know, we we're about to cut the cake. He goes, wait, wait. Sing me happy birthday. Sing me happy birthday. Just, yeah. I mean, it's probably the last one. Let's yep. just sing, sing me happy birthday, please. And and I don't know that I would have thought. Um, I, I, w- I don't know that I would have thought that it would have been the last one. Well, and like he and I normally, you know, we shake hands as dudes shake hands. Mm-hmm. And before we left that time, he goes, I want to give you a hug. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I say, I, I know that that day you know, we, we were outside some because the weather was beautiful. We were inside some. That's the day that we switched his bed out, mm-hmm. um, not to a hospital bed, but to just to a newer mattress. And um, I, I know that there were several times that I looked at him that um, I could tell that he was really, really just, like I said, trying to soak it all in, Yeah, look, looking at us. And I would have never in a million years thought that a week later he would have been gone. I mean, I, I really, because as far as looking at him health-wise, now don't get me wrong, he definitely looked like he was sick compared to what he normally looked like. But I just never would have thought that it would have been that quickly. I do know that he cut grass on Monday of that week. He had a really nice um, zero-turn lawnmower that he was proud of. He loved outdoors, doing things outdoors. He cut grass on Monday. 
And um, I think he even drove to town on Wednesday, drove um, himself and my aunt to town, and she went in and got a few groceries for him. And then Thursday, I think, was a rough day. He pretty much rested all day. But I don't think that he was in severe pain because the hospice nurse stopped by and she called me that 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 day when she left there. And, you know, and she said that she had him comfortable and he was resting. And then he passed sometime during the night. I mean, they ruled it like one, one o'clock, one something, one something in the morning. Yeah. And um, and it was exactly one week, you know, one one week after his birthday. Um, it was still shocking. Yeah. To get that phone call. Although I knew it was coming, it was still it was still shocking. I honestly didn't think it would come as soon as it did, and I'm glad that it came as soon as it did because I know that he would have just deteriorated even more. Yeah, and it's it's hard seeing the ones that you love suffer, and seeing them go through yes. pain and misery, and you know, I I think I talked about this once before, but um, you know, there's a weird thing about when you get older and and you know you're going to pass away is it better that you lose your mind first or lose your body first? And in one way, if you lose your mind first, it's better for you, but rougher on your family. If you lose your body first, it's harder on you, but easier on your family. Like if you just like your body just gives up yeah. or, you know, it's, um, it's very weird to think about, but we're all going to get there eventually. And in no means am I in a hurry, but yeah, in no means I'm in a hurry, but I guess Going through, being the oldest of, of the four of us, and of course, um, the we are very, very, very blessed in the fact that the four of us get along really well, and we 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 try. I try really hard as I guess the I'm not going to say leader, but as the oldest, for some reason, I I have always led the pack. And the pack has always let me lead them. Um, I mean, and I don't try to do that intentionally. I don't try to do that to be in charge of everything all the time. And I try really hard to to let them know, hey, if somebody else wants to do this, you can do this. But they've always pretty much let me lead them. And I do try hard to make sure that I include them in all the decisions. I don't just... randomly make a decision and say, oh, by the way, the three of you, this is what we're, I've chose for us to do. I always make it a point to let them know exactly where I'm, where I'm, I I want to go with something. And if you have any objections or any suggestions and, and I think the four of us get along really well with that. They may talk behind my back. I don't know. Um, But I, I do try hard to let them know that, that, what they want and what they think about the situation matters to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to just make all the decisions. Um, whenever, whenever he passed away, he and I had had talked a good bit as the years went by about things he wanted done a certain way. And he had also, of course, relayed those thoughts and feelings to my brothers and sisters. So we were all on the same page with that. I do think that the weekend, because he passed away on a Friday and we had his funeral on a Monday, I do think that I just went through the motions. Yeah. I'm sure. Didn't know where to show up. What am I supposed to wear? Well. Where do I sign? Yeah. I mean, I was just doing what I had to do to get everything pulled together in time for the funeral. Mm Mm-hmm. 
simple things though, like remembering to take your own blood pressure medicine is, I mean, that was something that I notice you get caught up in everything so much that you have to be reminded of simple things. And yeah, because I was too busy. Work, yeah. I guess too be, I was, I had my mind focused on. So we were like everybody, everybody knew and everybody was trying to help as yeah. much as they could. And they did. Everybody yeah. did. Um, of course I did write and read a, a eulogy at his funeral. And of course I, I wrote it myself, but I also let my siblings read it. Yeah. I let, you know, my, my brothers and sisters read it before the funeral and let them add things. I asked the three of them first off, do you want to do this? I mean, do you want to speak? Nobody has to speak right. at all, but it's just something I feel like I need, I need to say. Well, and when you talk, you and I talked about that on the way down and I, and I was like, listen, this, I felt like it needed to happen because it was almost an injustice if it if if one of you didn't speak. I didn't want there to be a pastor who didn't know him being like, well, and there's Sammy. He was yeah. a nice guy, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, 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 slow down. Let's let's have one of the kids say something about their father, someone who knew them the best, someone who yeah. can give proper context and 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 cares. And yeah, but that's easier that's easier said than done. Sure. I, as far as I'm but it was but you me, also find some strength that you didn't know that you had sure whether now thinking now I mean I, I felt like I did that I did that I think without crying although I didn't cry a whole lot prior to him you know him passing and the funeral weekend I don't re- remember really crying very much I had a lot to do I had to you know we had to pick out what yeah, we we had a lot of funeral arrangements. We had to go through pictures and and things like that, and find clothes, find clothes, and, and there was just so much. Right, I mean, there was just so much that I felt like I didn't have time, didn't have time to do any any grieving, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, but I but now if if you ask me if I could do that for when my mom something happens to my mom or to my stepdad who's been in my life forever. I don't know that I could do it. I, I mean, and I'm sure it's it's going to be one of those situations where I'm just going to have I'm just going to have to see how it is, because honestly, I never thought about giving a eulogy whenever my daddy was alive, and even right there, even in the last few months when we knew he was really sick, I never really thought about it. It just kind of after he passed, it just kind of hit me mm-hmm. that I felt like there was some things I needed to say. Absolutely. And he, I think he would have wanted that. I think he would have been like, well, I hope so. I, I, I hope you know, so. I wish that, I mean, for the life that he lived, it would only be respect and honor if one of his kids is like, hey, you know, this is the good, bad, and the ugly, and we love you. Yes. And I, and, and I tried hard. I mean, I did not, I did not fancy up the, no. the eulogy in the sense that I I made reference to the fact that you know, we went years. We went because our relationship was not a storybook relationship. Yeah. But when you get right down to it at the end of the day, most of them most aren't. Are not. Right. People just aren't honest about it. Everybody makes mistakes and everybody fumbles along the way. Right. And you know, the one thing I couldn't I couldn't let go in my mind was the fact that I didn't want some pastor saying vinyl rights or vinyl words and not speaking about who the man was. Yeah. And that's, I mean, ultimately that's your story is what you want out there. You, you who you are. Right. I mean, in, and of the people that are in the room, they're the ones that, that know 
and they're the ones that deserve that back. Yes, and because he, because my daddy did not go to a quote unquote church regularly. I, I think he did years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I know he was saved. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, I know that. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I know that years ago, whenever he was married, because he remarried in the early '80s, him and her both joined it a local church there in Roundo and they were very active in the church whenever she got sick because she had some severe dementia issues before she passed away in 13. She, uh, I th- that's whenever they kind of got out of the habit of going to church, mm. but s- us having the funeral where we did in South Georgia, where we were all, where he was originally from born and raised and all of us. It, and some of his best friends were there. Right. There was no way for me to have a pastor that that knew him. That knew him, yeah. right? Yep. Although you know, the pastor that we that we had speak is somebody that we know personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known him all my life. We went to school together and graduated high school together, and he knows my family very well. But still, he didn't know my daddy. Right. But um. But yeah, I just like to say that kind of came to me at the the last minute, and I spent a. You know, I spent hours by myself that weekend trying to sit down and and write a eulogy. And I think, I'm sure my siblings were probably all thinking, you know, what's going on. And of course, whenever I did let them know what I had, what I was thinking about doing and asked them to read it and said, you know, if either any of you want to speak also or do you want to read it? They all read it, agreed with it, added some things to it and said, absolutely not that they did not want to they didn't think they could do it so i felt like it was my place to do it sure and um i made it through it and you know and even i don't know i it really hit me i guess monday night we we came home because we had been down there since what saturday morning down in georgia which is four hours from here yeah although i know that my daddy's in heaven Monday night was difficult because it's it is really a difficult thing to think about the fact that you left a parent mm-hmm. in the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah, you know, said this is my first experience with that, and it is it is not easy. Although I know he is not spiritually there, that I know he's in heaven, but that was still that was still difficult. But I think even then, because I went, you know. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, you get up and you've got a million and one things to do. You've got a, a, lot, of know, phone calls to a make. lot of phone calls to make. I mean, yeah. you know, I've got an estate to settle, which you know may take months, but I still don't think I actually, several times it hit me when I went back to work, like that Thursday when I left work, the very first thing I did was pick up my phone and, and I still have his, his name and phone number on my favorites. I don't know that I'll ever delete that, but, um, but I called him pretty much every day when I left work and we would chat on my, my little 15 minute ride back from, from the mill to the home or from the mill to the gym to just to check and see how he was doing. So yeah, there's, I mean, and it's happening less and less, but there are still days when I leave work that I think, Oh, I've got to call my daddy. And then it, then I remember, I remember I can't, you know, call my daddy, but I will have to say the hardest part so far was a couple of weekends ago whenever the four of us met at his house and started cleaning up. Um, that was, I don't know if that's whenever it finally hit me, but I spent most of that day crying 
And and I don't know if it was crying over the fact that my daddy's gone or if it was crying over the fact that, or being sad over the fact that you realize things that were important to someone to else yeah. means absolutely nothing to you right. and how sad that is. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like I say, I, and I've, that was just really something that has still it sticks with me and I'm sure it probably always will. That's well, um, like one of the things I noticed was uh, the little baby dolls everywhere. And those and probably belong to her. It was probably like when she got dementia, like real similarly to my, to my granny peak, when she got dementia is her mind went back to being a child and she wanted to hold a baby doll all the time. Yeah. And I could just picture the whole scenario where Sammy's going out and buying her baby dolls on a regular basis being like, look, I got you a new baby doll, you know? And you know, after she passed, I'm sure he hung on to those thinking, I can't let this go. And, yeah. that, and and like you said, that was important to him for probably for that reason. And it was something that we don't want. There's nothing there to have. It's yes. to us. It's, it's junk. But it's like you said, you're going through the thought process of this was important to my father and it's not to me. And it's, it's a shame that we're getting rid of so much stuff that yes. was important to him. That's not to me. And it, it, in a way, it makes you take stock of your own. Makes life. you take stock of your own life. Maybe, like, maybe that's what maybe that's what had me so uh, depressed, or I wouldn't say depressed. Maybe it's what had me so it's sad and depressed. The same thing. I mean, it, no, it, they're similar, but they're not the they're not the same. It's what had me so sad in the fact that number one, I'm 57 years old. Yeah, you know, I and I have a lot of stuff yeah we got 40 more years to collect more stuff stuff slash junk i mean when you really get right down to it 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 doesn't mean a thing to anybody else other than you right well that's my mom used to say this conversation often she says if the house catches on fire name three things you're going to take out of here she just wanted to find out what was important to you and when it got to be her turn she would always say like you know typical mom things photo albums and you know things that were family related because she was like, the rest of this stuff can be replaced, but I can't replace my photo albums. I was like, okay, well now our photo albums are digital. And the other night we heard the smoke alarm. Well, I heard the smoke alarm in the middle of the night. Uh, it just had gone off, probably need battery changed, but I heard it for a second and I was like, Oh crap. What if the house is on fire? My brain immediately thought my mom would say, What's, what are you grabbing? What am I grabbing? So I started thinking about the things in my house. What's important? Well, you obviously that's a given. But then nothing else matters. I know. that's Everything um, else can be replaced. And I can grab my phone, but I don't yeah. need my phone. I guess photo albums are the one thing, too, that I've just in the last couple of weeks going through all of this with going, going through photo albums to pick out the pictures that they do at a funeral. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's totally different now. Um, you don't have to do that, but most people do. But... Photos just don't keep like, I mean, it's just amazing how they deteriorate. Well, plus uh, it gets to a point and you, and as a child, you look at your father's photos and you're like, I don't know most of these people. Yeah, exactly. Who are these people? And if Donna hadn't been there to point out a few of those people, you know, even, even some of those, she was like, I'm really not sure about this one. Yeah. He probably knew who they were, but we didn't know. Yeah. And like I say, I, I think about the fact that my mom has got like three or four like photocopy 
mm-hmm. photo, not photocopy, um, you know, Xerox paper, like you get the reams of paper in the box. I guess probably that's the one thing that most people, for some reason, store their precious photos in. Something burnable. Something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have a lot of those. He did have some. Now, of course, I'm sure because of a mom, a female being the way she is more sentimental, she, a, a woman probably has way more of those things. Like I'm sure my mom has way more photos like that of us growing up through the years and her siblings and that kind of stuff than my dad did. Mm. But like I say, I, I don't know what to do with all of these, with, with these photos. And I wouldn't say that there's a massive amount. There's a couple of photo albums full of pictures, but I mean, and I did take some on my phone and I guess, I guess the, the main thing to do would be back them up on the cloud and then they're always there. So you can load them on Facebook and they exist on Facebook forever. So like I say, I, I don't, I mean, there's more people. I heard the stat saying that there's more people that are dead on Facebook than there are alive. Wow. Cause a lot of people started one and then they passed away and their Facebook is still out there. And in a weird way, that is a, an interesting way to archive photos because if anybody's looking you up or, yes. you know, like even ancestry, when you go, well, who's my great grand? But don't you think it's weird in the sense that I get that? And, and of course, I'm older than you by by a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be honest. Um, I've had several classmates or pass away. Mm-hmm. And whenever their Facebook account is there, it doesn't go away. Right. So when their birthday pops up. Speaking of which, today's Marty Green's birthday. So uh, there, I mean, now that I'm getting older and I see somebody's name pop up on Facebook, I look at them and think, hmm, should I say happy birthday? I mean, what I don't want to, sure. right. I know, I don't want to be, what's the word? I don't want to be inconsiderate. inconsiderate or... I mean, and not say happy heavenly birthday. So, I mean, I'm just like, now I'm finding myself covering. Oh, no. I, I did that today with Marty's. I was like, I don't know if I should say happy. Yeah. I miss you, buddy, or what? I mean, yeah. not like we were super close, but and, and, we were at one time. And, and is anybody monitoring see my dad had a facebook account but i have no idea what the password was right and honestly i've got too many other things to worry about with trying to keep his power bill you know i mean power bill and things like like that as opposed to facebook public and then they'll continue to post photos to it to their wall of people people so a good example is sharice Mm-hmm. When Cherise passed, her Facebook account is still open and people post photos that they, oh, I found this photo of us when we were kids. Yes, but is anybody monitoring no. that account? But if Just you, like my dad's. If I you mean, were searching it, like as a friend or family, you, you, you could would, probably you'd... be able to look at them, oh. which I think is kind of a way to share those photos. Now, the weird part is, is you think, okay, so Facebook has only existed for, what, 20 years-ish? I, um, Yeah, you know, I honestly don't know. I guess we would have to... Well, this is ballpark. I guess we'd 20. have to GTS it. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, uh, let's ballpark it at 20 years. Okay. What's it going to be in a hundred years? What, what, what could it be like? I mean, what is it going to matter to people a hundred years from now? I mean, in a hundred years, yeah, we went from horse and buggy to cars. And then since 1922, cars have taken a huge leap. That's just automobiles. What is the rest of this going to do in the next hundred years? It's going to be crazy. Yeah, like I say, I crazy. I, I don't know. It's been it's been a learning experience. Yeah, but I have found that number one, people will work with you. Yes. Um, if you just be honest with them. Yes. 
And that's how all my phone calls have started off. Although years ago, whenever um, my dad's wife passed away, which she was my stepmom, but we had did not have a relationship with her at all. That was during those times whenever we really didn't have a relationship. We didn't have a relationship with him. So I didn't have one with her. And when he came back into our lives, whenever the diagnosis with lung cancer was 15, 16 years ago, she was already in such dementia stages that there was no, there was no relationship with her. But, um, he, when she passed away, he put me on his checking account. And of course, like I say, I'm learning, boy, I'm definitely learning the hard way on some of these things because he and I just walked in the bank after she passed away. And he had, he banked a little local, not a, not a Wells Fargo or anything like that. He banked a little, it's called Enterprise Bank. And I think it's like Walterboro area around Cottageville area. Well, walked into the bank one day and he, I went there with the sole purpose of making sure that I was on his checking account. So if anything ever happened, I could keep his bills current, those well, kind of things. And also you realize that as he's getting older, he was forgetting to yes. pay some things. Well, and I mean, and she helped. He was questionable about, yes. should I, should I do this? Should I, and you were like, how about let me help? Yep. So, you know, I, that's whenever I said about the the task of getting his power bill drafted and his internet drafted and things like that set up. And, um, you know, he was from the generation that didn't want to have anything to do with that. Right. But um, whenever they put me on his checking account, I just assumed, okay, now I'm on his checking account. His statement actually read his name and my name. And he, he even, of course, getting your checks printed with names on them doesn't mean a thing. That's simply what you choose to put on them. You can put any name on your check. That doesn't mean that person can sign on the account. Yes, you can do that. <laughs> but when he passed away, I did what I thought was the right thing. Uh, I actually had his checkbook with me. I took, you know, I took his checkbook. I took his, you know, whenever, when he passed away, before we went to Georgia, I went to his home and, and got personal items that I knew that I might would need. So security card, I got his wallet and I got his checkbook knowing that I could sign on the account. And we set that up so that when something happened to him, I would be able to pay for his funeral. He had allowed for funds and some insurance money to pay for his funeral. So you know, you and I went and wrote a check at the florist you know, to pay for flowers. We in, then went to the funeral home and figured up how much money he had in insurance and then how much we would owe out of pocket. And took care of all of that. I come home after the funeral and I thought the correct right thing to do would be to call the bank and say, my father has passed away, which is exactly what I did. And they seized, I mean, they, they automatically closed, not closed his checking account, but the lady told me, she said, you are only a signer on his account while he is alive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that didn't do me any good at all. He was able to pay his own bills. Mm -hmm. And she said, any, any, you know, we will not honor anything else on this account unless it has been set up as an automatic draft. So I, automatically I panicked because I'm thinking I have paid the funeral home and the florist. They deserve their money. And, you know, she, she was like, don't, I, I'm pretty sure that they'll honor those checks. Don't, don't panic. I mean, it's not like I was trying to wipe his account out, I, you know, and do things behind my siblings' backs. That's not what I was trying to do at all. And, um, you know, she was like, I'm sure they'll honor those checks. So that was fine. Of course, we did find out that 
as of right now, they're honoring his um, electric bill. His electric bill. Yeah. I'm pretty it's sure. automatic draft. I'm pretty sure that was, but that's because it was set up automatic draft. We went in and they got his routing number yeah. and his account number. If you set it up that way, then it's different than if you set it up through your debit card, mm. which, you know, I ran into the issue with his cable or dish network being set up through his debit card. And the minute that they coded his account, whatever it is they code it when somebody passes away, it automatically suspended his debit card. So it kicked out the Dish Network payments. So mm-hmm. I had to go in and put our credit card down to keep that turned on because, you know, my aunt is going to stay there until we can get the place sold. Yeah. But so, I mean, I'm definitely learning. I, I did not know that whenever you, he had a will and I didn't, I learned as I'm, I'm sure everybody probably already knew this, but I didn't. When you hire an attorney to file to draw up a will for you, you draw that will up, and he gives you the original. I think sometimes maybe the lawyer's office or the attorney's office will keep the original if you choose for them to. But for the most part, what I've been told is the original is handed back to the owner. They it is not filed with any kind of court system. Right. I just always assumed it was. I thought that's what you were paying the fee to the attorney for, but all you're paying the fee to the attorney for is to draw up the the will. For them to do the contract. For them to do the contract. And then you sign the contract, and then somebody in their office witnesses it, which had been done. But then they hand the original back to the owner, and the will is not filed until the person dies, until the first person passes away. Yeah. So Is that what they call probate? That's when it has to go through probate. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you have a will or not. If you... You still have to go. It still it has to be probated, and if I'm understanding it correctly, because I have hired an attorney to help us with the probate process, because it's just easier. It, there's a lot of forms that have to be filled out, and you we don't live in the county that that my father lived in, so an hour and a half away, one way, take off work. So I hired an attorney that will file all these forms for us. But the way I understand it is, if a person passes without a will and they have a spouse. Of course, everything goes to that spouse and children, Mm -hmm. but it still has to go through probate. Mm -hmm. And there is a different legal, there are different legal steps if the person passes without a will than if a person passes with a will. Even with a will, it still has to be probated, but but the process is a little smoother because their wishes were already in writing. And there's also a difference in a living will. Yes, a living will is totally different. Yeah. So if I understand it correctly, a living will does not have to be probated. Right. But still, you and I think and it still has to go through something. It has to go through something, unless whenever you do a living, if you do a living will, and, and maybe that's a question I should ask now that I've got an attorney working on this for me, is a, if, an, if a will is not, pro, is not filed with the court, and the reason I was told that that's not done like that anymore is because people change their will so often. Yeah, they change their mind. So years ago, I have no idea how long, years ago, the court system decided to 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 wait until you pass yeah. for that to be... Well, because otherwise it clogged up their system. To be filed, yes. Yeah. So is a living will filed automatically? I don't know. Or does that just go through the process faster? Because, like I say, that's a question that I want to ask because... That's you something and, that you and I need to yes, do. Yes, yes, because we only have wills. We don't have living wills. Right. So, yeah, like I say, it's um, it's amazing how you think that you've got, 
you've done a job, a, a decent job or a good job of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And then when something like this happens, you realize, oh, crap, there's a lot of things that I need to do about my own personal affairs, affairs yeah. to make sure that, you know, that this is not left on my spouse and or children. Because it is a lot. And like I say, it's... Um, well, and I also think that's, you know, I've had a, kind of a conversation with my parents about it. Um, and my mom has made it clear that she has a lawyer that's taking care of everything. And mm-hmm. I think that going through this with her parents, she's realized that um, she wants it left up to someone else's hands just so that it doesn't burden us. And, and maybe she's, you know, listen, for her. <laughs> She she's on top of things when it comes yeah. to stuff like planning. I agree. Like she's like, this needs to be done, and this is why I think it's a good idea. And she'll make sure that everything's exactly like she wants it. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad, on the other hand, um, I think he just trusts that everything is going to go the way he plans. I don't know if he has a will. I don't. He hasn't really mentioned it. Um, you know, every time I ask him about whatever's going to happen in the future, he's like, uh, you know, don't worry about it. He just he yeah. keeps saying, don't worry about it. And see, I, I'm and not, I'm not there yet. It's going to be a long time. And he's probably right. I mean, unless a freak accident happens, he's seems to be living his best life right now. Yeah, But, but I mean, I, I don't know if maybe one of the, some of the stuff I was dealing with um, a couple of Saturdays ago, whenever we started working on emptying his house, I think some of the stuff I was dealing with, of course, was the fact that, you know, throwing away, throwing away somebody's life. Yeah. But the other thing was the fact that there were so many things that he, because his wife had passed in 2013 and he had done nothing. He felt like the same way. He didn't want to throw away anything of hers. But, but it, but then that became a burden on us. Sure. Which I mean, and, and I know this probably sounds terrible, but I'm trying to be 100% honest about it. Some of it was me being a little bit ticked off at him too. Right. That you left me this mess. You left us this mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I know that I shouldn't feel that way. I well, I, I, I mean. Yeah, but it's also. I'm, get, I'm just trying to be real about it. You can picture the fact that he built a life with her. And I mean, for whatever it's worth, they were meant to be together. Yes, I understand and that. when she passed, you know, it was hard for him to process and hard for him to think that he's letting her go. And I'm sure he probably went to, went to bed most nights and thinking, you know, this was the better, the better part of me and it's gone. And how do you let that go? I mean, that's why he didn't touch his kitchen table for forever with all of her stuff on it and her purse there and everything else. I mean, he was just, yeah, I, I know. But I mean, go. it's just, it, but also too, it's hard on the people that are left sure. to clean that up. Right. But it, I understand it. I understand. You know, it's and and I mean, and I that's maybe that's what's been eating at me the most, or not, or, or I've been struggling, or, or I've been struggling with. I went through the same thing when one of our kids moved out. I had a hard time moving his stuff around, and when things started disappearing from his room, I was kind of heartbroken over it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to let go yet. Yeah. You know, but like I say, it's I don't know. It it's been it's been a it's. it's it's been a learning experience. Yeah. Not just on the proper process and procedures that you have to follow whenever you're settling an estate. Because whenever his his wife passed away, and I mean when you stop and think about it, when you're a married couple 
and one passes away and the other one's still alive, there's really not much that has to be done. I mean, everything goes to the, for the most part, everything goes to the surviving spouse. And that's what happened whenever she passed away. I remember I helped him because it, and it was very easy. We, you know, there was also the thing of her having children that were estranged and trying to reach out to them. And, but I mean, if you're, uh, yeah. And like I said, that's a totally different, different thing, but, but for the most part, you know, he, you just, because you keep all the, the bills you know, I mean, you, you keep the the home, the the utilities, all of that stays the same. You, mm-hmm. you still need all of those things. Right. Whenever somebody passes away and you're settling an estate so that you can sell everything, that is, that's a lot. Yeah, because you think you think, okay, there's gas, there's water, there's electric, yeah. there's phone, cable, you know, whatever, internet. What am I missing? Oh, and this thing and that thing. And, and yeah, it's a lot to take on. And also, like you mentioned... Uh, knowing when to grieve, honestly, mm-hmm. you're still in the process of procedures. And sometimes the procedures takes precedent because you're like, I know this has to be done. Yep. And it sort of pushes your emotions to the back burner for a while. And and then it catches you on off times and it yep. catches you when you're not expecting it. And sometimes it's when you hear a song on the radio or see something that reminds you and it's like, then it hits you. Yeah. And, um, and that's normal. I, I think that's normal anyway. I mean, I'm I still have my parents right now. Yep. I'm lucky. I mean Well, I mean, I'm fifty seven years old and just get lost my first yeah, yeah, you know, my yeah, you know, my first parent. So it's um I I'm extremely blessed in the fact that, you know, my parents were very young when I was born. Yeah. And um so I'm like I say, fifty seven and just lost my dad. My mom is still extremely healthy, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm hoping to get way more time with her. But like I say, it's it's um it's as I get as you get older, and, and parents who wait much later in life to have children, I can't imagine being in my 60s and having you know. I mean, like I say, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who wait until their latter 30s and early 40s to have children, and then whenever they their children are going to be Still living with them. With yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I say, it's um, it, it's it's something that I'm just having to to take one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is there was no bills that had to be paid, so it's not like we had to. Well, he was financially responsible. Yes, he I was. I mean, even just getting Social Security, he yeah. managed to save oh, money. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like I say, he didn't have a he did not have a large estate by no means, but what he had was his. And he he had a little garden that he would yep. help make food. To, I mean, this man, this yeah, for, put up stuff in freezers, yep. and you know, he he was very responsible. He was very, when it comes to stuff like very that. frugal. I mean, yeah. he's from that generation where you don't waste anything. Sure. I mean, this man got eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars a month. Is all he got in Social Security, and still managed to save money. Yeah, all he had was just his bare living expenses. And I mean, and I, I've I've gotten a couple of power bills now. His power bill is like sixty bucks. The last time he and I hung out, he made a comment about the fact that his computer had died, and he's like, "I'm thinking about just going to Walmart and buying one of those little box computers." And because he said, "I kind of miss my computer. It's been it's been dead for a while, but I I think I could go get one of those and just." plug it in and then I'd have something to use. And I said, well, what about your tablet? He goes, yeah, I do have that. He goes, I keep thinking about that. And I think, ah, I don't need to waste that money. Yeah. I mean, and it's, just, it, that makes perfect sense. I mean, if you're used to just getting by on whatever, it, it's hard to accept the fact that you could just, like he said, 
it, they got it on sale for like 300 bucks. I'm going to get me one. And I was like, well, go get one. He's like, nah. I'll. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just, he kept putting it off. He's like, nah, I'm okay. I got, I got all I need. And, and sometimes that is the hardest thing that we find, especially nowadays when everything is so, you know, satisfaction through goods in a way, you know, we think we're going to be happy by having things. And then we get the things and we're not happy. And it's like, okay, well, what do we do all this for? Yeah. And that was kind of the point I made to uh, our nephew, uh, Blake. Blake was with me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what have you gotten from this? I said, we've made several trips to the dump now with stuff. I said, do you think any of the stuff made him happy? And he was like, no. I said, when have you seen him happy? I said, because you've been around him sometimes and, and seen him happy. He goes, he's when we're all hanging out and having something to eat and joking. And I said, exactly. Those are the things that are important. I said, so there's a lesson in this in life. Well, I think the things... I, th- I don't, I think the things that he kept was important to him. Sure. Well, and it kept him busy. Like even the old tractors that were in various forms of disrepair. Yes. It was something to keep him busy. It's something he enjoyed. He enjoyed fixing those things. And the fact that other people knew he enjoyed fixing them made, made them happy to just bring by something yeah. and be like, here. Well, I mean, I, I, and you I, you want to work on this? I, like I say, I think this, I think those things that he kept made him happy. I mean, yeah. and that's, I, like I said, that was one of the things that I thought about the most that Saturday while I was bagging up stuff to throw out that that I looked at and thought, what in the world were you thinking? Why, why would you keep? And I mean, and, and that's that's sad in a sense that yeah. that somebody's that, you know, that you could throw stuff out in, in plastic bags that meant something to somebody, but means absolutely nothing to you. Well, like think about this house. Like if we suddenly just weren't here, yeah. And someone walked. Yeah, hey, I've this, thought about that a lot. Someone just like, walked into here, and they'd be like, "Why does a grown man have Legos over in the corner?" <laughs> you can rest assured that since that Saturday, I've thought about my stuff slash junk. Yeah, a lot because it will be what is left behind whenever I'm gone. Well, you have very little. Stuff slash for somebody to bag up in a bag and either take the Salvation Army or Goodwill or throw in the dump. Yeah. Well, you've got very little stuff slash junk. I mean, we can't count furniture. That's just living. I mean, I try hard not to be somebody that hangs on to. I'm not a super sentimental person when it comes to cards and things like that. I don't I don't. Right. I mean, I don't go back and reread them, so most of the time I don't keep them. I mean, it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's just I, I just don't hang on to stuff like that. But I don't know. Like I say, it's 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 been rather depressing. Yeah, it's been a depressing couple of weeks. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll get, it'll get better. It's just a matter of um, moving forward in the process of of getting the estate settled. Yeah, but it's also really made me think a lot about my own life. Well, and, and you and I made a decision a long time ago to take trips and to experience things that we would enjoy now instead of waiting till. Oh yeah, we're and too which is one thing he it. would one thing he would not do because he wouldn't right. spend any money on that kind of stuff. I know he said he said countless times one of the places he always wanted to go was Key West. Yeah, he wanted to go down and see Key West and see the beautiful water. And the four of us begged him to do that. Sure. And he just kept putting it off and kept. He always had a reason why. No, maybe later. And then whenever the cancer last year 
going through chemo and everything kind of deteriorated him so much. He, his comment was, I've always wanted to go, but now I don't think I can. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, you and I both made that decision uh, for travel years ago, and I've not regretted any of that. I'm not waiting until I retire to go to the places that I want to go to. Yeah, because, I mean, with everything being even, let's say we make it to retirement, and then, like Michelle's father, they go, oh, now you have this cancer that's going to take you out yeah. soon. And, and then you go, I haven't done any of the things I wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess the big fear that everybody has is that they die with regrets. Well, and Michelle losing her dad the way she the way she did, which you know he worked so hard for years for the railroad, and then you know was going to do all these all his kids through college. It was going to do all these wonderful things once he retired, and then once he retired, he got sick and was gone within what three years. Yeah, you know that that hit home to me, and then also I had um, you and I had talked about different trips and one of our trips was we always wanted to do was Hawaii and I remember mentioning that at a family reunion where my mom's brother and his wife was there they're much older and they had just done that trip and I remember my aunt walking up to me and she was like I'm not trying to be nosy but you know you're talking about this and this trip and I was like yes and I you know we're gonna wait because you know whatever reasons it's expensive, it's expensive and this that and the other and we she gotta was take like off of more than a week of work and and her we can't comment, find any excuses. Yeah, her comment to me was don't put it off yeah but she said because if you wait and go when you can afford when you can not necessarily afford it you have to be able to afford it of course before you can go she said but if you're waiting until you retire you'll regret it because then you won't be able to do the things mm-hmm. That you you're you can physically do now. Yeah. And she said you, you will get way more enjoyment out of the trip if you do it now. If you the sooner the better. So you know that you and I both took that to piece of advice to heart. Sure. And we've done that. We have And we got extremely lucky in the fact that we had we had been in debt, we had done the Dave Ramsey thing yeah. and we'd paid everything off. And we were in the perfect financial situation with both of our jobs at the time to pay for the trip before we even went. Well, which I every think, trip we go and we pay for it I before think we go. that made that trip even more enjoy- yeah. enjoyable because up to that point, we had been kind of behind the ball. We were, we were really trying to catch up on our debt. And when we got focused on it and hyper-focused on it, I mean, we had booked it to see how much it was and then backed out before we actually paid for it to find out what it was. And then we saved up the money and then we paid for it in February for a trip we were taking in October. Yep. So we had all those extra time to just make more money and put it away of, oh, when we go, we've got some spending cash to do yeah. whatever we want. Well, we do every, I mean, that's one of the ways we do every trip. I but mean, that we, made that trip so yeah. much more enjoyable. And I don't know, it, if we'd have done it in debt, do you think we would have enjoyed it as much? I, I don't know that I could even... Because there's people listening to this right now that, that'll hear the story and they'll go, yeah, but I can't afford it, but I got a credit card. I'll go and... Yeah. I don't I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if I can even remotely process that because I would never do that. Right. I mean We have done it. We've booked cruises and stuff on a credit card and have no. paid it later. Um Well, the one thing about cruises is you got to you have to have them paid for before you can go. I mean, we took the kids on we a paid for very that trip. expensive Disney yeah. cruise. And that was uh that was tough. But you know, Hawaii was one of those places. And then Alaska became one of those places for us. And, you know, now we have a trip planned for Grenada. Yes. 
And, you know, every step of it is, um, is something to look forward to. It's, you know, I can't wait to see this new place or to experience this new area or to. Well, I tell people at work all the time. I work with a lot of younger people. I'm one of the um, senior citizens of the crowd, <laughs> grandma, grandma of the crowd. And I tell them all, there's, I tell them all the time, two things. I happen to be fortunate enough to work for a company that is number one, good to their employees. Number two, they offer us free financial planning Mm -hmm. and these financial planners that you and I both have met with already that we are extremely impressed with. And um, I tell the younger crowd that I work with, number one, do not pass up the opportunity to take advantage of this free service that this company is providing for you. Mm You're only 27, 28, 34, whatever your age is. You need to work with these people, and these people will help you retire with money. And that's the one thing I tell them. Every time we get emails, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on my little bandwagon going down the hall saying, okay, people sign up for this free service. And the other thing I tell them, and of course, they think it's funny is, you know, they, we talk about you know work and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I work for insurance and for spending money mm-hmm. for vacations. Mm-hmm. And, and and they and they just laugh. And I'm like, you you will get to you will get to that that mm-hmm. part of your sure. life. Yeah. It, you will get there. And um I, you know that's my 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 work is for our trips and stuff. Yeah. And we plan good trips. Yeah. You know, we've got several planned for this year. And I'm 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 looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I don't take vacation time and sit at home. I take vacation time. Well, I don't get as much vacation time as you do. Well, I've been lucky. Yeah, we've both been lucky. I mean, but I've been I've been very lucky. Yep, it's been. Like I say I'm looking forward. We got one coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to um, the Universal. Universal Studios. Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure. We're going to their after hours. Um, it's a ticketed, a private ticketed event for Friday and Saturday night. Just the two nights. You get um, food and all the rides. Yeah. yeah, and if anybody's interested in that, it's on Facebook. The group is called Orlando Informer. And you can join. Um, they offer up all sorts of events. Yep. I think and they've already, they, they have a couple, um, from what I understand, this will be our first one. They got another one planning for the winter. I think it has already sold out. I okay. think the winter one sells out faster. Because the weather's better. Because the weather's better. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't mind, you and I both, I don't mind the heat. When yeah. I'm in an amusement park, I don't mind the heat at all. Um, but this is also night. I mean, this is a, right. this is like an 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. to 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And there'll be nobody in the park except for the select people that have purchased pre-purchased these tickets. If I understand it right, they only allow like under 2,000 people. I'm not sure the exact count. I'm not either. It'll be interesting to learn about that. I'd, I'd like to do a podcast after we get done with that to talk about it more. Oh, yeah. Um, talk about our experience and stuff. But, you know. Of course, we're meeting. We've got, you've got a, a, your friend from, from high school, Greg, Greg and Steele. his wife. Yeah, and, and his wife, Lane. We're, they're actually going to be there. And then we found yep. out after the fact that um, my sister and her husband had actually purchased tickets. We didn't even know they were going yep. until we were just chatting then, about it. And all and of a sudden. their son and, and, yeah. and fiance are going as well. So we have like six or eight of us that, yeah. um, that are, that'll be staying in hotels right around that area. 
So I'm I'm really looking forward to that because I love to ride rides. I yeah. absolutely love roller coasters and theme parks. Well, and also, you know, you talk about um, getting older and, and having regrets of not doing things. Um, that's why every time we hear something come up about, hey, this weekend, this is going on. And that's something that we've been lucky enough to have friends who are like, hey, let's go do this thing. And I don't know. There is that fear of missing out. There is that. I'm just not concerned. Let's just with the, go and enjoy yeah, our time. I'm not and, concerned with the things that I used to be concerned about years ago. If my house is not, I mean, and my house is clean, but if my house and my house could be cleaner, I'm sure there are some dust bunnies under the couch that, but I'm not concerned about them anymore. It also, it always has to be cleaned. So you can clean it later. Well, I mean, it's this, you know, the summer is upon us. We and have we, enough clothes that if we miss a weekend, we can get it another day. Yeah, we've Both got... Both of us are capable of doing everything yeah. at any time. So it's like, okay, I can't do it today, but you can. Yeah. I mean... Well, I mean, then we've got, you know, we've got friends. We've got a really good, great um, set of friends that's got a pool. And they en- absolutely enjoy having us over. And we enjoy it. I mean, that w- well, it's like they said, we didn't build this so that we could do it we, by ourselves. Right. We want right. to, we want to host you guys and come yeah. over and have fun. And, and that's exactly right. I mean, and I, that's what we do most Saturdays and Sundays I think is we if, float in the pool. If we had one, it'd be, it, it'd be creepy if it was just you and me out there all yeah. the time. You'd be like, well, this is boring. <laughs> Let's have people over. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, so I'm, I'm looking, I mean, I know that the, this is now pool weather. So the house and some things will go to the wayside and I just don't care anymore. Yeah. And it's not that I don't care. Um, it's, it's the fact that I want to enjoy. Yeah. I want to enjoy. And I hear, and like I say, some of the, co- my coworkers are, are like, you're always on the go. And I was like, no, technically, no, I'm not. I mean, you know, they're like, what do you, what do you see? What do you enjoy so much about floating in the pool? And I was like, because I'm there with people that I really get along with and I enjoy their company. Everybody's got a good sense of humor. I mean, we're, we're not. Everybody's, independent and capable we, and and they have adult children and yeah, we don't have children splashing in and out of the pool while yeah. we're trying to float and i mean and it's just something we enjoy doing we got our inside jokes with each other and you know there's going to be food at some point that somebody's yeah. going to be like hey let's do this oh yeah that's like well, a great idea. snacks and you know right. yeah let's, and grill, let's grill some pound cake even like even last <laughs> night an impromptu trip to to our new bucky's to to eat by the back end of danny's jeep yeah. I mean, that was a that was a fun little thing it to was, do. It was. It was. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people aren't like, "Hey, I know what we can do on Friday night. Let's go to Bucky's and eat out of the back of a Jeep." I mean, but it was it was cool. How cool is it that we got a Bucky's in our town now? I know that was great. I'm getting to go there today. Well, you know, and you've been to Bucky had been to Bucky's more than I have. Mm-hmm. I stopped last August on my on my girls trip to to Disney. And we stopped at the one in um, St. Augustine and we were on our way there and back. So we didn't get to, we went in and spent a little bit of time looking around and we were just completely overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, all this stuff. But we also knew we needed to get back on the road. So we just, you know, looked a little bit, grabbed sandwiches and got back on the road. And then coming back from Disney, we decided to stop there again and it was morning. So we grabbed breakfast burritos and got gas. But this Last night, you and I were able with our friends to walk around. We spent how how long would you say we spent in there? Uh, over an hour. Uh, well, over an hour, and I would say between the five of us, we probably spent two hundred, little over two hundred dollars. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know Lori's is over a hundred. Yeah, 
And but she um, also bought some stuff for the house, and I think yeah. she bought some gifts as well. Yeah, it, I yeah. mean, it was, at, and then um, being able to sit outside and tailgate and eat our sandwiches, that was a lot of fun. I mean, and that was super simple. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a good time, and, and the food was really great, and... And riding over there in the convertible car and the Indeed. and the Jeep yep. and the as nice as the weather was. I mean, it was although it was extremely hot yesterday, it did it cooled off really nice yesterday evening. Yeah. Last night you were going to sleep and I don't know if you were awake or asleep, but you were still kind of talking. That <laughs> <laughs> was like <laughs> I said something about you were like, that was really fun to go in the convertible. And I was like, Yeah, it was. I said, you know, when we sold the motorcycle years ago, we were riding through the mountains and and we were like, I'm, I'm just going to miss riding through the mountains and having that open air and being able to look around. And we made a comment then about, you know, possibly getting a convertible or something like that. And you were like, yeah, 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 we sure did. And I said, well, what, I mean, a Jeep is kind of a convertible. And you're like, yeah. And then I think you went to sleep like immediately because <laughs> then you started saying the box is in the fridge. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh crap, she's asleep. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if you were conscious during that part. You just kind of drifted off to sleep. And I was like, hey, hey. Let's get the glasses off your face yeah. here and put them up. Well, I've never, I've never. <laughs> and you're like, I don't have any glasses. And I'm like, they're on your face. Just hang on. <laughs> I've never ridden in Danny's Jeep with the, the top and all off. Yeah. But um, of course, that convertible that Lori had yesterday was a rental car yeah. from, from yeah, you know, she had been on a, a, a work um, You'd never been trip. in Charles's uh, uh, Camaro? Um, I've seen Charles's Camaro okay. and I've seen it with the, I don't think I've ever rode in it. Because he had he came that first time and was like, y'all want to go for a ride? And I like think he was too busy. I think he was too busy riding kids. Okay. I, I don't remember riding. I may have, yeah. but I don't really remember it. I know that Charles owns a, a convertible Camaro and has for years. But um, you know, like I say, Lori Lori wound up with that one for uh for a work trip, yeah. and um, she she was supposed to get. I forget what she said. She had rented some uh, other Impala. type of. She had rented some other type of car, and they Danny came said, out. Then he said it was supposed to be an Impala, and they walked out, and the guy had keys, and he just he he unlocked and he unlocked that one, and he goes, "Here, take this one." And yeah. she goes, "How much is it? Is it extra?" And he goes, "Nah, don't worry about it." Yeah. And I, I mentioned that to my brother this morning. He and I were talking, and he goes, "You know that happens to me a lot. I go on work trips and and you know go visit my dad once in a while, and he said, and I'll go to check in and get my car, and then they'll end up you know getting a key that's an upgrade." And I'll say, well, is that extra? And they're like, oh, I don't worry about it. And I think a lot of the the rental car places, um, it's probably a situation where availability is an issue, but it probably is a thing where maybe they don't keep track of it as well as they think they do. I don't know. And see, I don't know exactly where she rented that from. She may have just rented that from here because, here she, in Florence. because she was going with work yeah. for work to Atlanta. Well, he made a comment. I asked him about it and he said that, she had taken the Buick over there and I was like, why didn't she just drive the Buick? And he goes, well, work was paying for it. Yeah. Cause it was mileage. And I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, the Camaro was cool looking. It was, it, it was, was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was, it was actually pretty cool to see you guys, all the girls riding up and your hair is blowing yes. in the breeze. And I was like, yeah. Oh, look at them. They look so yeah. cute. <laughs> I had, um, it took me forever just to get the tangles out, yeah. but it, that was a lot of fun. And like I say, just doing something as simple as going to Bucky's, but it's the fact that we're we're spending time with the people with people that we enjoy their company. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, we value their opinion. Yeah, they they all have a sense of humor. They're all fun to hang out with. I mean, everybody's considerate. Everybody's thoughtful. When you get right down to it. We spend a lot of time with them. I mean, I I'm see okay with that. I see Sharon Lori multiple times a week with the gym. Yeah. Of course, at the gym we really don't. You know, if we're in a class, we really don't have time to talk. Right. Um, but we're constantly group texting. But anyway, these are my people. They're, and yeah. I love them. Yeah. 
Well, I love you. I love you, babe. And I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed by you, and I'm always inspired by you in little ways. And I don't always say it, but I find a lot of uh, strength in who you are and what you think is important and how you are thoughtful of other people at times. And I wouldn't go that far. I, I learned, I, I learned I'm, a lot. I'm one of the most selfish, you know, I'm uh, one of the most selfish people there that's is just out there. A, that's a cloak that you put on. You, you are very, you're way more thoughtful than you think you are. Um, but I couldn't do any of this without you. I couldn't have done any of this. Like when you met me, I was a single parent struggling to do anything. And well, it's always the, better to work as a team. One of the first things you said to me was, you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're the person that I get to do this with. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody, I mean, no matter what, it's, you know, I mean, it's just like our friend that's single now. I mean, it, you know, and I tell her all the time, you're you're not alone. Right. We're part of a team. Yeah. But it's, I mean, the more I talk to people, the more I realize, you know, how lucky I am and you know, how appreciative I am. Yeah. So, well, thank you for allowing me to do this crazy you've thing. You've done a great job. You've been very consistent. <clears throat> thank you for allowing me to, uh, you know, do all sorts of crazy ideas. And, uh, you do get out there every now and then I have to reel you back in a little bit. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you swing and miss. Yeah. No, um, well, yeah. But, well, you can't hit a home run unless you swing. That's right. That is exactly right. Or you can't get on base unless you swing. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. So it's, um, I know everybody who's watching this on YouTube is going to be like, where's Dolores? We don't even see her. She, uh, she, Dolores has on no makeup and, and a hat. So she decided to stay behind the camera. This so time. if you're watching this on YouTube <laughs> and you're going, what, where's her voice? Why don't I see her? Um, she's all over Facebook and she's got her own stuff on YouTube. And all you got to do is Google, yep. uh, I got to get another, I got to get another girl's um, stuff, stuff she said, she said pod, uh, podcast going. Yeah, especially now that I've got the room all set yeah, up different. Yeah, we, we do need to do it. We need to do another one soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny and I can sit out there and yep. stay busy. I'll, I'll get them in here soon. Yeah. Well, we've got a girls' trip coming up, 4th of July week. We're going on a cruise. So maybe after that, we'll... After that. After that, we'll Talk do about it. how much fun you had and the yep. things you did. And, we you sure know, will. Things that you that learned be. and what, what was your favorite, what was your least favorite, that sort of stuff. We're going to the Bahamas, and I think all four of us have been to the Bahamas for, before. So the main goal of this trip is chill. You know, if you lived in the Bahamas and that was like your bread and butter was visitors coming to your island and spending money, um, I can't imagine how stressful it is during the last few years with COVID of yeah. not having any income. I mean, I'm sure they're probably really frantic for any business. Well, I, to come. yeah, I, and I know that the cruise ships. As a matter of fact, I just saw a, um, a YouTube video of a guy that I follow regularly. He was he, they're on one now. I do believe a, a Disney cruise, and um, of course, you and I are doing a Disney cruise later this year. Y'all can all get off and get your hair braided just for fun. But <laughs> he he made a comment that all mask restrictions have been lifted on cruises. Oh, good. I think except now this is on the Disney. He's they're on Disney cruise lines. Like I say, you and I are doing that later this year. I think just like the theater, like yeah. the the mass theater is the only place you have to wear a mask. And I don't think it's mandatory. But anyway, masks are gone completely off the ship. And he did say because I think he's done a couple of cruises here in the last maybe six months, and he says that you can definitely tell that they're pretty much back up to capacity. Yeah. I know that the parks are. The parks, because um, I listen to regular podcasts on the parks and just watch 
I'm a member of several groups on Facebook that uh, have to do with the Disney parks. And it's, you can tell that there is no, no more, the mass mandates have been gone, but they're back up to 100% capacity. Mm -hmm. It is, it is crowded, which is good. I mean, the only way for us to get new attractions and new, um, you know, new things to look at at the parks are for people to be there. They've got to have the money in order to spend money on those things. Yep. And I know that right now they're going through a lot with their governor um, trying to throw his weight around, yeah, but uh, that'll all get worked out. I think so too. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Um, thank you to everybody who listens and gives me feedback and uh, wants to be part of the thing. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, in the past four years, we've done quite a bit and we've hopefully um, helped out some people with ideas and inspiration and stuff of that nature. Uh, one of the things Greg talks about, he's like, I can't believe, he's like, he, you're just such, you have such a positive attitude about stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, that, what are your choices? So uh, positively. Well, does, does anybody want to get on here and be negative? No, I I don't know. But some people, some people just have a negative attitude in general. And, you know. I've, well, yes. I mean, I tend to be more toward the negative. I mean, and you tell me that all the time. I do. I mean, I would just be completely honest. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on here and lie to you about it. It's something I try hard not to be, but it sometimes it comes out, and I have to remind myself, don't be so negative. But there's just something about doing these podcasts that it's they're fun. Sure. Well, and like I hope we've seen friends and family that have listened to it, and other people that don't even know us who've reached out and been like, "Hey, I really got something from this that you talked about." You know, it's, it's been really helpful. And um, I don't know, there's something there's something b- about helping people or being positive, inspiring people that gives you some sort of inner strength in yourself. Um, it's, it's that idea of uh, do you get more from giving than getting? And yeah. well, I, I mean, feel I- like by giving of myself and my time and my energy and, and effort, it makes me feel better because I think there's somebody out there listening to this that it may inspire yeah. them or it may and, help them. And I do. I listen I listened to every every one of your podcasts, with the exception of that five hour drink fest with the buddies. I didn't listen to that. But um You're one of the few people who hasn't listened to that. I didn't it, listen to that. I didn't listen to that one. But you are very positive on here. And I and I think and whenever I do these with you, I probably should do more. A lot of it has just has to do with, I, I don't know, time, time. sometime. But um, the other thing is I think about whenever I'm sitting on the, this side of the mic talking, I try to think about the fact that most people listen to podcasts in general when they're driving, when they're uh, getting dressed for work in the morning or sitting in a room doing crafts or something like that. So, you know, you you want to listen to something that is that doesn't bring you down. Yeah. You, you know, I mean. Well, that's the the podcast that I get the most from watching. Um, obviously, one of the one of the ones I watch the most on YouTube is Two Bears One Cave, where it's two friends that are comedians, but they're they're friends. Yeah, but you we all know, and everybody who listens to your podcast knows the only reason you listen to those you have a man crush on Burt Kreischer and I Tom Secura. I, I think that we could be buddies. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that they'd be like, we like hanging out with Josh. He's a lot of fun. There's times I'm listening to your podcast when you get into one of your Burt rants that I think, golly, he knows more about Burt Crusher than he does about me. <laughs> well, and I'm sure everybody listening to that knows you that's, and has listened to these podcasts. That's would not say. exactly true. But, <laughs> but so 
in my that is exactly true in my message and in my uh, efforts of this podcast of inspiring people is also telling people where I get inspiration. Yes, and I so know there's a lot of things that he does that that to some people seems silly or crazy or you know not normal, and it makes like I, I see the I, I can see behind the veil of oh he's doing this because it it shows this other thing or it promotes well, this other thing or it helps this I, thing I think get you bigger. Like, you like Bert for a lot of reasons, but the main, my mic's doing something weird here. Well, it's, yeah, just. The, the main reason is because listening to him makes you happy. Yeah. Well, he makes a comment that is, he had his, his wife's podcast, Wife of the Party. Um, hers is about helping people become better people. He said, Mine is about you forgetting about your day and just having a good time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons and why you really, enjoy listening to him so much. That's a lot of his personality. But even on top of that is I can see what he's doing and then see where the entertainment value is added to the market savvy portion of it. And the idea that he's he's growing not just as a person, but he's learning to use that, use all of his influence and everything else to make his own I guess, empire different. He's learning how to do things different from being a person who we saw on the travel channel, hosting television shows to being a somewhat stand-up comedian to being one of the top stand-up comedians in the country. Well, you follow his career very closely. So you've seen how much he's grown. I mean, we, I accidentally watched him doing birth the conqueror years ago when we were in the condo. Um, I watched him do something where they had him hooked up to a slingshot thing and they were pulling it back with a with an ATV and they'd let him go and he'd slingshot off and towards a mountain and just back and forth and he'd scream, ah, you know, and then they put him on a, next thing I know he's like playing professional football and he's getting sacked by grown football players. And he, he's just a, a comedian and he, yeah, he's he getting is. seriously hurt. And I was like, what is it about this guy, man? And, and I'm sure that most people who find themselves watching him probably think the same thing, but it's just that driving force of, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's the drive I, I appreciate. It's like Casey Neistat's drive. It's that, you know, I can choose to sit here or I can get off my ass and I can do the thing. And, and that is what inspires me, that, that initiative and that, that purpose and that commitment of I'm going to follow through with everything I said I'm going to do. Yes, I, I agree. But I also think, I also know that people tune in to this podcast to, to hear things about you. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. And I'm not, I know that you, where you get your inspiration from is great, but p- people want to hear about you. I mean, that's the only reason they listen. I mean, and, and I'm sure that they love it when you have, yeah. I, I, when you have guests, because I, like I say, I listen to all of your podcasts, but the one thing, I think the one common thing that anybody that listens to your podcast walks away from here with is the fact that you are, you are a positive person with hope. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think that I would think that anybody that listens to this podcast and consistently <laughs> would 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 say, you know, he's he's a positive. He, you know, I'm not going to say there's not times whenever you talk a little bit about something negatively. It happens. That's part of life. Sure. But for the most part, you're you're a very positive. But I try to be as honest as possible too. Without, yeah. I mean, there's some things I don't want to talk about. There's some things with our family I don't want to talk about. There's some things with our personal life I don't want to talk about. And there's times where I'm going through a funk of. God, I just, I'm not inspired by anything. I mean, and, but, but that drive is still going in my brain of thinking, but make that part of it too. Like tell people your flaws, tell people what you're going through. Tell people the fact that you also struggle with some things 
because, you know, here lately I've had a few mental health experts on and they've talked about the things that they've been going through. And, and I'm like, yeah, this is all part of it. This is the, this is the whole package. Nobody's perfect. Everybody struggles. Everybody has hard times. And I can be positive and I can tell you about the things that inspire me and I can hopefully inspire you, but also I'm just barely keeping this together too. So don't think that I'm on any certain, uh, separate platform that you can't reach like it's no i don't think I don't, it's all achievable by yeah. whoever does it it's just a matter of focusing your mind and making yourself disciplined enough to follow through yeah. like you at one day going i'm gonna start running well and, i mean we're all i mean life in general is when you really get right down to it is just flying by the seat of your pants sure even if somebody writes a book going i know how to do this you can read it and go eh, i got a little bit from it but also this person's not me yeah and that's every situation. I mean, there's no parenting book that's like, this is the absolute perfect way to raise your kids. No, it's not. You can read it all, all of them the same way and they all I turn out different. I did see a sign last night in Bucky's that said, um, life, no, what was that? Um, life with kids is a walk in the park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, wow, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, that's really yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I like that. What is the old saying? Have kids, they said it'll be fun, they said. They lied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have uh I have well, I work with a lot of younger guys and they're they're having kids now and some of them are in different stages of their life and, and I had one the other day that has a uh twenty year old, a thirteen year old, and a two year old. And I was like, Whoa. Say that those ages again? Twenty year old. 13 year old and a two year old. Oh, good Lord. How and I was like, Oh, you're getting the full spectrum. Ooh. You're getting the adult child, the, I think I'm adult and the no phase all at the same time. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> you know, they said, they say the best negotiator in the world is a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. So, that is true. Yeah. No, but anyway, well, thank I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, We've done an hour and 22. Oh, wow. Pretty good. I hope everybody's still here. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Thanks for everybody who listens. I appreciate you supporting the podcast. If you want to be on the podcast and talk about anything, let's face it, I can talk about anything, um, reach out. www.stuffiheard.com. There's photos. There's links to other uh, episodes. Uh, Everything is there. So thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting us. And... You want to say it? Cue the cow, baby.